these stories are not that compelling people i'm sorry it's the same <laughs> with films these just come on you know what i mean do i don't something even remember cool. any of the stories of any of those strike games so I, i'm with you on that it was just fun to blow stuff up. i think it's like terrorists and drug dealers and i think that's yeah. kind of the long and the <laughs> short much. of it yeah welcome to pick up your sticks where we talk about why gaming matters with your hosts brett lindley and walker near i'm brett and this week we're talking to longtime friend and huge supporter of the podcast chris johnson for our 100th episode spectacular if you want to support pick up your sticks you can buy us a cup of coffee over at our ko-fi page which is ko-fi slash p-u-i-s pod and as always we are joined by the astounding host walker near mm, yeah i like that i like that you like astounding yeah, does that work for you good. is that okay i mean i dropped a we'll... steamed off of you a while ago so yeah i know i was gonna try i was thinking like maybe i could run with a steamed to mock you with it sure but yeah it's just there's too much truth in it you know i get it oh get yeah it. right right <laughs> and also we have our guest chris uh hey welcome to the podcast well thank you for having me guys i appreciate being here this is an honor yeah welcome yeah, no thanks for joining honestly i feel pretty honored you were one of the earliest supporters of our show and uh have done a lot to try to help promote it and give us feedback and just constantly be kind of on our side hyping us up and it's helped at least i can't speak for walker it's helped me get through a few rough spots where it's like i don't know i don't know about this and then i don't know where you'll come along and be like dude episode was amazing i loved it and i just want to say thank you so well i appreciate that uh i want to echo that entirely i mean i it you know we've been recording the show for for a while now obviously this is episode 100 so um, it, it, we've got a few in the tank, if you will, but you just, you know, you don't know sometimes if something's resonating or not. And like, for example, one memory that stands out to me is, um, you commented or I don't know if you emailed me or DM'd or maybe it was just a Twitter conversation. I don't know what it was, but you had basically explained to me that like through, uh, the podcast, you had discovered Factorio and that you hadn't, didn't really know about that before. And that was awesome because Factorio is like one of my all-time favorite games. So the fact that my enthusiasm for it actually mattered to someone uh, was <laughs> was rewarding. So, uh, yeah, it really oh, does mean yeah. a lot of support you give us, man. Well, first of all, congratulations on 100 episodes. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. And yeah. I, I appreciate all this uh, positivity that you're sending my way. Um, but, yeah, whenever I first started listening to the podcast, I mean – I was a friend of Brett's back in high school and I was just wanting to support him and stuff. And I was actually blown away. I started, I mean, I watch, or um, I watch, I, I listened from the very first pet uh, episode, Starcraft. You guys just yep. blew me away with that. Like I, I left that episode. I immediately went to my computers and my laptop and my PC and I installed it on both and just started playing Starcraft <laughs> again. And I hadn't even touched that game in probably six, seven years so yeah, it was awesome. just amazing and and since that first episode i mean i told brett i was like I, as long as you keep producing episodes i'll be listening and i meant that and i mean here i am still listening today it's it's an amazing podcast guys oh that's thank you so thank generous you. yeah thank you man we appreciate it so like you said we do have quite a history we go back quite a ways um college we kind of split apart for a while and each went and did our own thing for a while and then yeah. circled back around and, and hooked back up and and you know had some chats and whatnot um and i'm i'm trying to remember we had a, a mutual friend that we kind of both met through in in yes. high school but i'm trying to remember if i i'm not sure if we ended up doing a bunch of gaming in that in that time like maybe some n64 like right. I think there might have been a few golden eye days in there, but <laughs> yeah, uh, you were much more into PC gaming back then. That's right. Yeah, my... I was getting into LAN parties and stuff. Yeah, my family, we could not afford computers that could like really play games well enough. So I was more of a console gamer back then. And so, yeah, we did not game as much, but a lot of our friends had Nintendo 64s. And right. so, yeah, there was a bunch of Smash, a bunch of GoldenEye. All that fun stuff. Oh, yeah, country. there was so much. How did I forget? There was so much Smash. Oh, Smash <laughs> was played Smash all the time. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so, so I, I'm curious. Um, 
you know, obviously the, the whole premise of the show for us is, is why gaming matters. Um, and for Brett and I, it, you know, goes back to our earliest memories in childhood and, and has been a, a significant part of our lives since then. But where did you really, you know, for Brett and I, it was both our dads kind of introduced us to gaming. How did you get introduced to gaming? Was it a family thing like that or friends or how did you stumble into it? Uh, it was definitely family. Uh, back when I was four, um, my grandfather had just, he was, he worked for the railroad and uh, we were just in the process of moving from Missouri to Texas uh, during Christmas time. And they let me open up my presents early, if I remember this correctly. And it ended up being the Nintendo with uh, Mario and the Duck Hunt combination. And so I spent all day before we moved just doing nothing but gaming. And I fell in love that's all i did and um yeah like i said the next day we had to pack everything up and i didn't get to touch a nintendo for like a week and i oh, was no. just devastated oh it was awful <laughs> oh, that's so hard <laughs> yeah but since that moment i mean i have just been a gamer but yeah. um yeah uh so you move you you've got your first nintendo so i gotta ask like were you more at that age were you more like enamored by the light gun or Mario? Uh, I like the light gun. Uh, it got boring after a minute. Uh, I like the fact that, uh, you know, you could just get a character and just run across the screen and just kill Goombas all day. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't remember when it was when I discovered like the first, uh, what is it? Like Easter egg or, or secret, the warp pipe thing. Mm -hmm. But like, finding out that there's like secrets in there to be discovered and stuff. I mean, that just added a whole nother level to gaming and stuff back then. And it was just an incredible experience. So, um, yeah, uh, along with, um, let's see with duck hunt and stuff. Uh, I remember we also got like Dr. Mario and boy, mm -hmm. that was, n I didn't appreciate the game back then. I much more wanted to be a character where you just run around, explore, and have fun and stuff. And and to do right. puzzles when you're four years old, it's just like that was it's a little not rough. my thing. Now I love Doctor Mario. Now I mean it's one of my favorites. So it's just it's yep. so funny like how the older you get, you know, your tastes adapt and stuff. But um, I uh, I definitely remember in my college years, uh, somebody had a, I think it was an SNES with Yoshi's mm -hmm. Cookie on it. Oh, uh, yeah, he yes. had like two games and like one of them was Yoshi's Cookie. And I was like, I don't know about this. He's like, come on, here's a beer. Let's go play Yoshi's Cookie. We sat down and then killing a six pack and getting intense, angry games of Yoshi's Cookie. <laughs> <laughs> Is Yoshi's That's Cookie amazing, like Dr. Yeah. Mario? Is it like a puzzle? A little bit. Game? It's yes. like a tetris -y style game. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I remember. Cool. I remember my sister getting, and she, my sister's like 12 years older than I am. So, you know, when I'm six, she's 18. Um, and I remember her coming over with a Game Boy uh, with Tetris on it. And yeah, the family just sitting around and just going crazy on some Tetris. And I was kind of in the same boat. Like, I, I mean, I obviously I got it, but at the same time, I didn't really, cause I, I'm not going to sit around and just play Tetris for hours on end, you know, uh, not when there's Metroid and Mario and things like that to, right. <laughs> to be had. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even know the Game Boy existed for so many years. My aunt brought it over one time uh, when she lived uh, in Oklahoma. She was with the Air Force at the time, and she was a huge gamer and brought the Game Boy into my life. Uh, I was playing Mario Land 2. I'm like, you can play this stuff portable? I didn't know you could just <laughs> carry it off. My grandmother probably did not want me to have something like that because, I mean, I already <laughs> couldn't get off the Nintendo. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I would just would game 24-7 if I could probably, so... But yeah, yeah I remember amazing. when I was a little kid getting the uh, the Game Gear eventually, which was the Sega Genesis like answer to the Game Boy, yes. and it came with like a it was like full color and much more uh, higher graphical quality, for lack of a better way to say mm -hmm. that, than, than the Game Boy. But the flip side of that was that it used like a twelve pack of batteries every two hours, <laughs> so. Yes. It was like did oh, you get cool, the magnifying thing for it too, the magnifying attachment. Oh yep, my gosh. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I had I had like George Foreman's boxing or something on it, and I played yeah. an insane amount of that game. Well, I say that in two hour increments until my family could save up for another pack of batteries <laughs> a few months later. Uh -huh. So I'm gonna wait for that next paycheck. Yeah, exactly. Dude. It's like, oh, oh this would be great gosh. for car trips, except 
if the guard trip's yeah, a few not. hours, it's not, right? I see it's funny because like you know, we had the PC, but we didn't have a lot else. But I do remember uh for some car rides, I because I mean like I would read books and stuff and that'd be fine. But even that, like we took a three hour car ride to uh, see my grandma once or twice a month, usually about twice a month. And so three hours there and three hours back. And I mean, I would draw, I would read, I would write, I would do whatever. But I was like, I wish that I could have like a Game Boy or something because I'm a PC gamer as a kid. And then right. car ride, like I know all of this is out there, but I can't buy my own Game Boy. I'm eight. What <laughs> what three dollar a week allowance is going to get me a Game Boy? But um. I would I would like kind of this like just kind of fall apart inside and be like, well, I guess can I can I just get one of the like gas station, not really a video game, the little games? tiger handheld games that is just yeah, except just not blinking. tiger like off brand like <laughs> oh, like like Rannick the the run hamster and you know it's got like three lcd images that you can see in the background mm -hmm. and, and right one of them just gets darker um that or just like even more old school because those like take like one battery right and they would last but there's nothing to it but then the the more old school would literally just be like the little plastic acrylic case with water in it and like a button that would squirt like little floaty balls and you try to like yeah. land them in hoops yep. and stuff. Oh man! And I, was, I was like, it's almost a video game. Right. Kids that grew up with iPhones don't know. They don't. Oh, they don't. Yeah, a little this generation has it water. easy. You got like radiation fluid tester balls in there that just kind of float, and you just push one button to squirt water at them for an hour. Mm -hmm. Yep, I know. That's hilarious. So. So, Chris, you know, you started out with the NES and, and the Mario Duck Hunt combo, which is also I, I technically had like a, access to an Intellivision earlier than that. But the Nintendo is the first and those that combo cartridge you're talking about was the first thing that I actually really felt like was mine or whatever, uh, even though it was really my dad's. But I felt some pride of ownership of it, I guess. Um, but so what was the first first game that you remember really getting? hooked on like was it was it mario or, or or duck hunter was there something else a little later that came on that really sunk you, you sunk your teeth into i really liked mario when it came out but uh when mario 2 came out and then a lot mm. of people actually talk about how mario 2 is terrible and i kind of agree now but back then i mean it was you know it, it was more colorful than the original mario uh, there was more enemy variations and stuff and there was actually kind of an actual story to it along you know along with it as well instead of just trying to save the princess and i played that game forever and did you ever uh, beat it I just, yeah i beat it yeah that's wow. one of the few nintendo games i actually beat and i don't actually I don't remember using know any yeah that, so, yeah because so of the Please oh, go ahead. Well, I was just at yeah, the end no, of the game. Yeah. That's when you realize Mario was sleeping the whole time. The whole thing was just a dream, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, that's why this game's so weird. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm. it's really good that you bring that up, though, because especially for, you know, especially comparing it directly to Mario 1 or Super Mario Brothers or whatever it's called, it's such a different game, like, because it, not mm -hmm. only is there the variety of enemies and the graphics are better, but, like, there's, I think, four different characters, and they all have like their own mm -hmm. unique move or whatever. Right. Um, and there was this. So I, I actually eventually got a game genie, and there was a. There, there's a level where Birdo, I think, is the mm -hmm. name of the enemy, shoots yeah. an egg out of its mouth. Yes. And you're supposed to jump on the egg and ride it across this huge chasm. Yes. I had no concept of that as a possible outcome. So <laughs> oh, yeah the princess's move was that she could float like she could jump and then like hover for three seconds or something. I don't know. Oh yeah. Well with the game genie, you could make it so that it was not indefinite, but much longer, like 10 seconds. Oh, okay. or I don't know. And so I try, I couldn't cross the chasm even with the, the game <laughs> oh, genie really? princess hack. I'm cheating and uh -oh, I still no. can't. Yeah. Win. And that's just where I gave up on that game because I didn't yeah. know how to get past that part. And I was like, even with the cheat, I can't, I can't get past right. it. Yeah. For, for the uninitiated, the game genie was a whole additional cartridge that you would plug your original cartridge into and then plug this double cartridge stack 
into your machine and it'll allow you to enter a few numerical cheats that I think you had to buy. Either magazines would give them to you or you could buy like a giant. I get, see, I'm going to date myself again. I was going to say like Sears catalog sized book, but that's that's <laughs> not a that? good reference either. So <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah I think I, I have like a Game Genie guide or something. Sorry, go ahead, Chris. Yeah, it came with a guide. Yeah, and it would yeah, hack okay. your game for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I remember I remember a few like there was another game called River City Ransom uh, yes. that I played a bit. And I remember using a game genie to, to to cheat in that. But I don't really remember using it in a lot of other games I must have. But I don't know. Don't really have a ton of memories of, <laughs> of the game. genie. I think uh, we did. We did right. it for Contra at a friend's mm, house. Nice. Oh, you have to. That game think, is so yeah. hard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now people are speed running it in like eight minutes. Oh, <laughs> crazy. Right, right. So, um, so you go for, you, you're, you're going along with the NES. So then what comes, what comes next? Did you get a Sega? Did you get a Super Nintendo? Did, what, what came after the regular Nintendo? Well, while we were in Texas, uh, I remember walking into a Walmart Supercenter one day and my world changed because right there at the front was on display a Super Nintendo with Super Mario World that you could play. And I had to have that. Yeah, and the wow. Super Nintendo to this day is my all time favorite system. Like nice. a, a lot of the games that uh, were for it, like all the RPGs and stuff. I mean, that is what really got me into the games that I like to play today. So like uh, the Final Fantasies, Chrono Trigger. Um, yeah. Let's see, what else? Isn't like Secret uh, of Mana uh, from that era too? Yeah, oh, Secret, Secret of Mana. Of Mana. Yeah, yeah, Secret of Evermore. So yeah. And then my all-time favorite game, Earthbound. Like oh, nobody nice. played Earthbound, and I don't know why that game is so amazing. Buy Earthbound, people! It is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, I don't really know that much about Earthbound. I mean, we had uh, Shane Page who does who runs a, a blog um, for Mother Three, which is like the sequel yes. to Earthbound. Mm-hmm. We had him on last year, and so he talked a bit about that. But is the original Earthbound? Does it play like a Final Fantasy as far as like combat and stuff, or how does that work? Okay. Well, the original Earthbound was never released in America until okay. recently. That was uh, Earth, well, Mother Zero or whatever. But, right. but Mother Two, Earthbound, uh, it is kind of set on a turn-based style like Final Fantasy, except it's like your character. It's more like Dragon Quest, I think, because your characters it's more of a first-person perspective, and mm. then your characters rotate and do the turn-based style attacks that way. But they did implement a really cool system with your uh, your HP instead of just like automatically losing amount or whatever. Uh, like if you lost like 10 points or whatever, it would roll back. And if you could like heal your character before it completely rolled back, you could actually like save your character instead of them just huh. dying instantly. Yeah. But That's um, cool. it, yeah, it, the, just the whole, um, it was obviously made in Japan and, you know, but they took a, a Western style to the game and just their Western style was just so insane and creative. It's just, it's just, to this day is still one of the most amazing games I've ever played. So huh. That's awesome. That's awesome. So the the Super Nintendo hits and you've got your you're kind of transition, it sounds, some away from platformers. Of course, I mean, me personally, I also still have a soft spot in my heart forever for Super Mario World. Right. Um, because hopping on a like for it's like six. What is it? Was it 16 bit or 32? 16. 32. Wait, was 16. it 16? Yes. Uh, okay, Super okay. Nintendo 16. Um, yeah gotcha and then uh but so so you've just got all again another step up in color and vibrancy and more animation and stuff and i just remember yeah it sounded great and the color was so vibrant and you get away from all these kind of muted tones because a lot of the old color palettes were were just very muted and you get these really really bright colors and then all of that and then you hop on a yoshi and i was like i I want this so bad. Like any yes. friend of mine that had an SNES, I was like, all these other things are cool, but it's just polished. Yes. Like, so, oh, no, go ahead. Walk. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, I never really played Mario 3 very much. Like I had friends that had Mario mm-hmm. 3 on, on regular Nintendo. Yes. Um, so for me, the Super Mario World was was really the first time where I had a Mario game that had that overworld map, that, which I, I realized oh, was... Yep was in mario 3 also um, yes yeah i mean you know you talked about the secret you know finding the warp tunnel in that first mario the amount of secrets in the super nintendo mario game is just 
bonkers. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> there's so much cool stuff. Oh, yeah, because they had, like, a whole, like, world, didn't they, that, like, you could mm-hmm. discover in, in the Star Worlds or something? Yes. Yep, yep. Yeah, like well, the and then there's, like, those. the secret Star World, too, that if you if you beat everything and beat all of Star World, there's an additional, like, 12 hidden levels or something behind yes. all of that. It's just, like, it, ah, it was so good. So, um, so you... Do you transition mostly away from platforming and into RPGs, or did you kind of flip back and forth with whatever else was out there? Uh, I I mainly got into the RPGs at that point. Uh, I had some off-brand games, uh, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in Time and stuff like that. Oh, Turtles in Time was good. Yeah, that was a a very good game. Um, I'm trying to remember what else, though. Like, I wasn't big into, like, Castlevania, and I know Castlevania was supposed to be amazing on that system. But no, it's pretty much just RPGs like Final Fantasy three. I played the heck out of Final Fantasy three, which is actually Final Fantasy six. But right. that yep. game was so amazing. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, I mean, that has what? 40 some odd playable heroes that you can get. There's like and, 20 or 20 or 40 in Final Fantasy three. Like, uh, it's a pretty no, ridiculous it, number. Yeah, it, I don't remember exactly. It was probably closer more to twenty. It wasn't. That's it wasn't fair. no forty. Yeah, but just the characters that were in that game—they're so rem- memorable. I mean, to this day, I I would argue that Final Fantasy three is actually better than Final Fantasy seven. And so, mm. anybody, you know, I'd kind of go with that. I'm just. Saying I would that. go with that. Yeah. Like I, it's one of those like if you want to remaster one, remaster that one because like I want to yes. see a Magitek suit of armor. Like the just the concept of Magitek. Mm-hmm. Was something that I would I my young adult brain was like, wait, you can take dragons and magic and sci-fi and aliens and robots and put them in the same world. <gasps> like you can have magic spaceships. Like what? And like from that point, just hearing those phrases, I was like, well, that's now my obsession for the next five years. I don't know if you guys have seen the Octopath Traveler that they just released for the Switch, like last year or the year before last or whatever. Uh, That art style, it's got a unique art style. I I don't even know how to explain it. But if they could remake Final Fantasy 3 into the Octopath Traveler art style, that would be beautiful. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I've looked at, I think think Octopath is on the uh, Xbox PC Game Pass thing now, so I'm pretty sure I have it installed yeah, there. But got it on PC now. Yeah, I haven't I haven't checked it out yet, but I've heard I've heard good things. Have you played through that one? I had it for Switch. Uh, I mean, it was really good. It reminded me a lot of um, oh my gosh, can't even think of the game now. Uh, shoot, I'm blanking. But uh, I wish I could. I wish I had some notes here. Uh, there was a <laughs> yeah. It's not Secret of Mana, but it is a game. I don't know. I'm blanking. I can't think of the name name right now, but (laughs) yeah, it it, it definitely uh, from the screenshots. Oh, go ahead. ahead. I'm so sorry. No, please. (laughs) (laughs) Well, just uh, you had eight different characters and you played through each of their storylines and then they all met up towards the end or whatever. And uh, there was a game that I played for Super Nintendo that was like that, too. And I didn't really care for it at the uh, Legends of Mana. I don't know, something like that. But um, it, it reminded me so much of like that, like that game, and um, it was it was fun. It just it, it kind of got a little repetitive because you're crossing storylines and stuff. But I, I, that's one of them I didn't actually beat. So right, yeah, yeah. So do you? Are you? Oh, go ahead, Brett. Uh, I was just gonna say, are you? This may completely derail. So if I do, I apologize, Walks. But are are you in general kind of a completionist? on when you get into games like if you if you get in there do you uh, do you have to beat it no yes okay i am a completionist <laughs> i am a completionist and that's the problem like nowadays they have so many open world games and and i have mm. to do every little thing i have to find every tower i have to do every side quest i have to find every hidden scroll or whatever and that's what causes me not to complete any games because i'm trying to 100 percent everything and it does not work right. out right yeah yeah, yeah Brett, we were, I, you, oh go ahead go ahead brett <laughs> i was just gonna say we it walks you and i were talking about this kind of concept earlier with open worlds yeah that's exactly what i was gonna say too and, and that was actually the question i was gonna ask him the one that you asked so we're, <laughs> we're on the same page um but yeah no that, that's exactly the 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 thing that i encounter is 
I think what drives me through games more than anything is is a curiosity of like what will not not a curiosity of the story per se, but a curiosity of like how will the game work, right? Like what what interesting things have they created here gameplay wise? And so in these massive open world games, like there's all these little one off side quests and stuff to go do. You know, going and collecting all the towers in Assassin's Creed or something can get boring after a while, but there might be little one-off things that are really interesting, and so I spend all my time chasing those, and then I kind of just get burned out on the game before I've gotten to mm-hmm. the end of the story, you know? And and so then I don't ever complete anything, which I catch a lot of hell from Brett on. Uh, <laughs> but yep. I don't know. It's it. I, I guess I just need to focus on main quests more or something. Right, but you don't want to miss out on anything, so it's it's so hard mm-hmm. to do that. It is. You were talking about uh, there was another game that I played recently, and uh, it, it I was worried because I could tell that I was coming up on a big story point, but I'd played long enough that I was like, I don't know if this is the end or if it's the middle or just like three quarters of the way to the end. But I know it's a big event that I'm about mm-hmm. to go complete this giant quest arc. But I'm like, but there's so many things that I have access to that I haven't gotten to play with yet. So should I go off and like try to mess around with all of that and see if there's something in those areas? But I'm also just like, there's this giant piece of quest that I've been working on for 10 hours. I want to know what happens, but I also don't want if I complete the story, I'm not going to go back and mess around with all these little side questy things because right. I'm done. But if I mess around with all these side questy things and spend too much time on it, and this isn't the end, then I'm going to be burned out. And it's like, I've got to try to walk that line without Googling and finding out. Like it's kind of rough. Yeah. 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 I'm in that, I'm in that same boat constantly. <clears throat> um, so, you know, we've been talking a lot about the, the, the JRPG or the, the more classic RPG style of, of game, but once you get in, I don't know when it was introduced. Like, is the first Diablo the first action RPG? Like, is there something before that? There has to be. I don't know. But I guess mm-hmm. that was my question, though, is did you transition into action RPGs and outside of just the, the JRPG kind of formula? Uh, well, I mean, after Super Nintendo, I mean, that's when PlayStation came out. And um, so I transitioned over to PlayStation then. The first game I got for the PlayStation was Tomb Raider, which everybody remembers that being an awesome game, right? Yep. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> uh, pretty much, though, on the, the PlayStation, I, I, I stuck with RPGs pretty much, uh, like Final Fantasy VII, of course. Uh, Wild Arms came out for that. Uh, I loved Wild Arms. That's what, I think one of the first RPGs that actually took like the 3D style. Whenever you're in boss fight, or not just boss fights, but any fight whatsoever, like it was all completely 3D. And that just blew my mind that you could have a 3D game like that. Um, but I, I really I, I I try to play all types of different games. Uh, I remember a game called Reloaded. I would play that with my uncle. We actually sat down and played that from start to finish one night, just just going through this game. I don't think it was very long, but I mean, we had so much fun just going through and playing that. So I think uh, that the, wasn't the... it. Was that so Reloaded? And and I could be totally off. I have a memory of a game that I don't remember the name of, but I remember mm-hmm. that you had like an exosuit for like the whole game reloaded i think you could play like three different characters and it was kind of like a twin stick shooter it was kind of a top down isometric view and okay okay okay. yeah oh no i know what one you're talking about now yeah yes that's awesome yeah yeah that brings back wow because i i had again like access to like as age goes up access to gaming consoles went down because more of them started coming out so i only knew like two people with playstations yes yeah, yeah I remember the... Carnage Heart was the other one that I really that was oh, okay, just such a yes. unique game that nobody it was a mech game, but you weren't in control of them. You had to like program them and it was oh, okay. It was a really interesting idea, but just really hard to execute, I think. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well I, I mean I pretty much played everything. Uh Twisted Metal, remember Twisted Metal, Vigilante yep. 8, car combat games? Yep. I mean, where yep. are those games at these days? I love <laughs> Twisted Metal so much. Yeah, I always thought I, I always liked the um 
for lack of a better way to say it, the aesthetic of Twisted Metal more than I actually liked playing Twisted Metal. Um, <laughs> but I probably just wasn't very good at it. Um, but something that you mentioned that I, I, I that I resonated with me is is talking about you and your uncle sitting and playing through a game together that's you mm-hmm. know throughout, throughout an evening. You know, I remember a buddy of mine and I playing through. Um, it was it was a Sega Genesis game called Jungle Strike. There was eventually okay. one called Urban Strike that was on Super Nintendo also, but it's a helicopter game. Yes. And and yeah, I, I, a buddy of mine sat and, and basically you know swapped off and on playing through that the whole night. And it, that's something that just doesn't really happen now, right? Like. Mm-mm. I don't remember the last time I sat with someone and played a game that wasn't a simultaneous co-op or something, right? I mean, right. Then maybe, but yeah. to, t- to take a single player game and like take turns or, I, you know, whatever the case may be, I mean, I, 20 plus years probably since that's happened, but I, I miss that, that, that experience. Like that was a fun thing that I don't know. It doesn't happen anymore, I guess, because the internet i don't know (laughs) yeah yeah because uh video games back then would bring my family closer together we'd sit around mm -hmm. all of us and play pretty much um nowadays you just don't have that i mean everyone's just you know the internet they're all just in different corners of the world playing together and it's kind of separating families now instead of bringing them together (laughs) until everyone's old (laughs) so there are there are a lot of more good like party games for sure that's and, true, yeah. And co-op. There's there's some good couch co-op and regular call like overcooked and stuff like that is great. But I, I do actually like I guess I'm a little bit off on this one because uh the the wife and I played through Gree in mm, a okay. past the controller kind of form. And because I had started playing and I was like, no, no, I'm not gonna get I'm I got through like part of the first level and I was like, no, I think this is one that she would really, really enjoy. And so we would pass the controller kind of back and forth and have it, it's interesting when you have like the thing that you're good at. And like, so the other person's like, nope, I'm just going to hand it to you. I'm not even going to try this because I know you know how to do that. Part. Oh, right. Yeah. And like, you know, the skill jump or whatever that this looks like it needs. So you do that and then hand it back. <laughs> right. Yeah. I remember when we played through Jungle Strike together, my friend was interested in beating the game. I was interested in flying around and blowing stuff up and didn't really care about the game otherwise. Oh, so it started early then. Yes. <laughs> so what we did is I would just, we would enter a level and I would do the first run of it and I would just blow up everything. And then he would make this crude hand-drawn map of where supplies were. Cause there's different like fuel ah. tanks and ammo types and stuff hidden within these different buildings throughout the levels. And then that way, when he would do his playthrough, I could then help him find stuff to actually succeed because we He's knew like where the power was. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. Super fun, though. Super fun. But you're just there yeah. for the game mechanics. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> These stories are not that compelling, people. I'm sorry. It's the same with films. These just, come on. You know what I mean? Do I don't something even remember cool. any of the stories of any of those strike games. So I, I'm with you on that. It was just fun to blow stuff up. I think it's like terrorists and drug dealers. And I think that's yeah. kind of the long and the short <laughs> of it. Yeah. <laughs> Something to do with South America. It's probably I'm over here stuck with memories of Giuliani and and the return to Savara from Tyrion stuck in my head, like full pages of just written story and dialogue, and like a whole book's worth of information because there's no there's no voice acting. <laughs> Hey, Walker, do you know our podcast is almost big enough to start selling ads? Yeah, I had noticed that. So what do you think? Should we go mattress company, VPN, some mobile game? Uh, I was kind of thinking maybe coffee. Yeah, I mean, there's some there's some good free trade local. No, no, no. Like Ko-Fi, like donations. Oh, oh, right. So so we we do ads for Ko-Fi and for coffee. I mean, I guess that could work. But I was thinking that people could support the show with really small donations about the cost of a cup of coffee, and then we could skip time talking about mattress companies or mobile games and just keep all of that content out of the show, uh, they can just head over to our Ko-Fi page over at ko-fi.com slash pod and contribute to us there. Oh, I get it. So you're saying even if our listeners donated a single dollar over at ko-fi.com slash pod, it would go a long way towards funding the podcast. And in the future, we could even offer cool things like merch or rewards and stuff like that. Yeah, no, that's definitely one way that we can pay our bills, keep our mics hot and keep the show going. And if they 
can't donate, that's okay too. Let's just let him get back to enjoying the show. So yeah, so um, you you, you kind of you transition through the the eras. It sounds like having all the the consoles and that sort of stuff. And, and you've mentioned kind of what you play now, but but yeah, I mean, as you came into adulthood, what kinds of games do you find yourself focusing on the most, or do you do you still like to just play everything? Uh, I, I still play everything uh, for the most part. I, I still do like my RPGs, though, although I, I've noticed like they're getting repetitive or the stories are just knockoffs of, you know, older games that I've already played and stuff. I guess that's one of the downfalls of getting older. Uh, <laughs> still still play Mortal Kombat. I, I've always loved Mortal Kombat. Um, Mortal Kombat 11, just yep. great as always. Nice. But, who's your uh, Who's your fighter in 11? Oh my gosh! Uh, of course, everybody goes for Scorpion. He he's really awesome. Yeah. Uh, Scorpion and Sub Zero. So, but I I try to play as the odd, oddballs out. Mm, um, right. Like, well, Shane Sung. He he's really fun to play. Um, yeah. Trying to remember all the fighters on there, but it's a pretty big know. roster at this point. Yeah. Games like uh, Tekken and stuff, there, there's a character on there that like takes the form of everybody. You don't know which player you're playing as based on their mm-hmm. fighting style. I always go for those people because I know how to play yeah. as everybody. You just kind of mash buttons and then hope for the best. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's my entire strategy. Like Mortal Kombat. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so. I just go for the robots. So I'm like Cyrax, Smoke. like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and of- now I've got oh. RoboCop. So. Yeah. Oh, bro. Oh, yeah. I for, I hate that. I hate that so much. Please stick to Mortal Kombat characters. Don't bring in right. these crazy characters. Who cares about those guys? No, I want to play as a, <laughs> uh, you know, classic combat characters that, that aren't in Goro. Yeah, Goro. Baraka. Yes. Yeah. Baraka is amazing. Did you see the uh, the new movie? Yeah, I did. I was so yeah. stoked for it. Yeah, it was it was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. a Mortal Kombat movie. It, it's a lot better than Annihilation. I can tell you that much. So, <laughs> fair enough. But, but I mean, that's a that's a fairly low bar to be. Saying. Yeah, that's true. I, I, they had a hard time selling me though that this guy that they just brought in. Well, I don't want to spoil the movie, but like <laughs> my boy Goro. Goro's my favorite, and what they did yeah. to him in that movie was dirty. Without spoiling mm. too much, so. was it was it about as dirty as what they do to him in the first movie? I mean, at least they showed him killing like somebody par. in the first movie. <laughs> okay, you know? okay. Well, there's a little bit of redemption. Yeah. I mean, at so least he got very... the girl's wrath in the first one. Right. right. Hmm. So, wait, yeah. spoiler alert. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, Whatever. Um, yeah, I remember, and I feel, I feel somewhat, I mean, to say I feel guilty is probably wrong because I was a kid. So, I mean, whatever. But my grandfather, who is, I mean, he's a World War II veteran, so he's, well into his 60s at that point definitely took me to the theater to see the second mortal Kombat movie oh and i just have to imagine that he was just like what is this he's so lost he's like oh my gosh well i mean it's confusing even if you know what the quote-unquote source material is it's Mm -hmm. you know it's it's already this is not very reasonable and so yeah to have no idea what any of it is to have no foundation and just be in that theater. He had to just be like, I, I don't understand this kid. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, like, he's in the first weird stuff, <laughs> <laughs> the first Mortal Kombat, wasn't that kind of, I, I, and I could probably missing one, but like the first successful video game movie, because like super Mario brothers was bad. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I don't, I don't know the history of gaming movies, certainly. So I, I would, I would agree, though. I don't know that. I think it might have been the first one that was released in theaters, right? Like, I don't know that the Super oh, Mario Brothers one was. Yeah, in the I think theater. Super Mario was like a, a TV release exclusive or something, something and yeah. then yeah. straight to VHS. Right, right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how well it did box office wise or anything. The, the original Mortal Kombat movie. I mean, it was again, they were in the theaters. So which is just crazy. To, I mean, this is so not gaming related now, but like. The movies that used to go, I mean, I saw Steven Seagal movies in the theater as a kid. Yeah. Like, that would never, something like that would never make it. <laughs> right. No. Now. <laughs> no, no, unless he became a Marvel character, then, then, right. Go. right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man. I mean, I think it did fairly well because I remember have, owning the soundtrack. 
Oh yeah. So, I, so I like you don't get say, a soundtrack if your movie doesn't do decent. <laughs> I want to say the Mortal Kombat movie actually became like a huge cult hit. I don't know mm, if they necessarily yeah. did well in the theaters, but like you know when anybody talks about Mortal Kombat movies, it's always referred to the first one. There, how iconic it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. well, the soundtrack is done by Buckethead, so yeah. who's yes. like legit talented, you know, right. musician. So, um, so that's that's definitely fair. So, I, I mean, you know, like you said, you 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 kind of play everything. I mean, I don't know. In the last, um, we'll say ten years, just to give it a wide span of time, because I don't know, it could be longer than that. But I'm like. Well, I mean, what would you consider your favorite game or, or and it doesn't have to be all time favorite, but just a game that really stands out as resonating to you again, not from your childhood, though, but but something in right. the last just 10, something years recently yeah. something that I keep going back to. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. I play so many games. I have hundreds. So I'm trying to think, oh, uh, re- more recently for the switch, Breath of the Wild, Zelda. Oh, yeah. That one, yeah, that yeah. is probably one of the most incredible games I've played. Especially, and you guys may be feeling this too, but as we're getting older, it's just like, I mean, video games aren't as exciting as they used to be. Like, it, it's really they hard to get immersed yeah. into them, especially mm-hmm. being in a busy life and all that. Zelda hooked me. Like, yeah, I already yeah. love Zelda to begin with, but Breath of the Wild particularly, like, restored my faith that they can still make great video games. <laughs> so... Yeah, I really, I really, I've been, I've had my finger on the buy button for a Switch on multiple occasions, and I haven't done it, honestly, because I have so many games that I don't play, that it's like, am I really going to buy a Switch just to also not play it? You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) but, but there are experiences like that, like Breath of the Wild, that I really, I really, I would really like to play it because I hear only amazing things about it right like i've never heard anyone i don't know that i've ever heard a complaint about breath of the wild yeah i don't think so either it's only <laughs> ever preceded by like oh my god it was so awesome yeah yeah mm-hmm. i'm like there's camps that don't like wind waker me being one of them and and there's people that'll go back and forth on majora's mask and whatnot but nobody seems mad at, at breath of the wild oh yeah, yeah. i mean wind waker, really uh, right i know of, right wind waker, i thought it was amazing <laughs> I, i'm i'm with you man well, so if you don't mind, and I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I mean, with Breath of the Wild, what what about it do you think made it so so immersive or so gripping, like versus, you know, the rest of the drivel that we <laughs> play through? Well, it, it's weird because it the, like, OK, so the audio soundtrack is like almost quiet through the whole game. But when mm. you start getting to something exciting or if you get to a important point or something like the music will start ramping up and stuff and like that really adds to the effect of the environment that you get into and you don't know where you're going in the game you just take off in a direction and you you know you just kind of discover stuff on your own and i don't know for for some reason that just like that whole sense of exploration i, I love exploration in a game that allows you to just do whatever you want freely like the mechanics in that game are just insane if you can think of doing something you can pretty much do it in this game and so that's yeah that's pretty much why it got me i just and not a lot of games are so open to be able to be creative on how to handle a a problem with a particular you know solution that you come up with but breath of the wild did it masterfully and i wish more games were like that huh yeah i think their their freedom to allow you to climb any surface and then like because that's one of the few times like stamina bars are usually annoying Mm -hmm. but when you couple it with something like, cause even Skyrim, sure. You can kind of jump up the mountain if you try really hard, but you, you can't really climb it. And with something like breath of the wild where they're like, sure, you can climb whatever you want if you have the stamina for it. Yeah. And so then that kind of challenges you to try to figure out a way, but now you know that you don't feel like you're cheating something like in Skyrim. I always felt weird going off the path and just trying to hop and find the little crags I could stick to. Yes. But if it's a, if it's made into a mechanic of the game and it's just accepted that this is an open world and you have a character that can climb. So go ahead. Like that's alone is something that I find not a lot of games let you do. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just have the either, you... they give you in that game too. It's just like the stasis and stuff. Like if you freeze mm-hmm. a barrel and then get like hit it so many times so that it'll fly when it unfreezes, but then get on it and you're able to fly with it. Like it's oh, wow. just, it's just so oh. crazy. I've never seen it in like any other game. So, wow. Yeah. I had no idea that it had, um, 
<laughs> that what you just described was a possible mechanic. I, I didn't. Oh, I, it, and that's just tip of the iceberg. I mean, there's huh. mechanics. I, I haven't played the game in like at least a year, but I mean, there's probably so much that I'm forgetting right now. And then it, it's one that you really should check out sometime. It's an amazing game. Huh? Have you, have you ever heard of um, Genshin Impact? Yes. I, so, I tried playing it for a little bit, so. So it's the reason I ask is because it's compared to Breath of the Wild, but I think primarily just because it has climbing also, where you can kind of climb right, the anything. Stand bar. And in a, a somewhat open world, I guess, you know, a large map or whatever. Um, yeah. But so it sounds like doesn't really compare to Breath of the Wild all that well, though. I mean, it's it's kind of a cheap knockoff. I mean, it's really good for mobile, don't get me wrong, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's not as in-depth as Breath of the Wild, of course. Right, right. And it's got the, you know, the, like, it's called a gotcha game is the uh, genre yeah. from oh, yeah, China, yeah. which I hadn't heard of before, but it basically is just like a, because it's free to play, so it's like a, you know, you can you can get a hero and then there's, five star levels of that hero or something and you can get the epic version of that same so it's a, a lot of collecting stuff in order to max right. out or whatever um which they then of course have you pay microtransactions <laughs> yes <laughs> gotta get that money somehow right mm -hmm. so you know we've talked a lot about single player and that sort of stuff and talked earlier about kind of going through games in the uh you know in-home co-op kind of way, but do you, do you do multiplayer games at all? Is that something on your radar, whether it be co-op or competitive? Yeah, during the Xbox 360 era, uh, I had a very strong group that played Halo. We'd play uh, Modern Warfare all the time. Mm. And those friends just over time, I mean, they got families and all that, and they've kind of just went to the wayside one by one. And so I've just kind of stuck to single players. Now I'm a very busy person myself and I have a very limited time to play uh, games. And so multiplayers wouldn't really, if somebody's relying on me to play a game with them, I just wouldn't be there for them. So I've just kind of transitioned more to single player. Yeah, I definitely un understand that. I'm a huge uh, MMO person throughout my life, but 45 it's just minutes. So Hey, there we go. But yeah, but it's just so hard to to commit to the time. I mean, honestly, just the time to to level or do anything. But then beyond that, to do group content, you've got to schedule recurring times week over week. And and I get it. I mean, it's 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 not really that different from participating in any other group activity. If you're going to go play basketball in a league at the Y or something. It's the same thing, right? Or play magic at yeah. a local shop or something like you. I get that there you have to, to structure it. Um, but yeah, it's just hard to hard to, to commit the time. I've got too many podcasts to record, you know, <laughs> right? Yeah, and going back to the point of getting a switch. I mean, that's why I got my switch. I mean, being a college student, having a full time job, being a homeowner and being married. I mean, a switch is like my best friend. So yeah, <laughs> Do you do it's the like mobile? A really big cell phone that you yeah. can take to the bathroom with you. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. You, do you use the mobile version of it a lot, I guess, or whatever, like unplug it from the TV and just play the handheld yes. version of the Switch? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much what I, I do mainly. Although when I do finally plug it into the TV, I am so like amazed like how much better <laughs> the resolution is and stuff <laughs> using the Pro Controller instead of the little Joy-Cons. Right, <laughs> right. So kind of uh, piggybacking off of that a little bit, um, do you find yourself, uh, so I mean, the, the Switch probably occupies more of this territory, but have you found yourself playing any mobile games on cell phone? Or was there a point before you get your Switch that you found like the cell phone kind of occupied some of that market? Or was it just a nah? Uh, I've, I've tried different games on uh, the iPhone. I also bought an iPad because I thought I was really going to get into games that way. And I've just found out that I really don't care for touchscreens. I like actual buttons. Mm -hmm. A lot of the games that I played on the iPhone, they were free to play, but they were, you know, locked right. behind paywalls for certain things and stuff. And it was just really annoying. And so I just, I cannot get into mobile gaming. It's just not my thing. No, that's pretty fair. It, it, it is kind of uh, nice that we're 
seeing a resurgence of single player games to yes. kind of help bring some of that back is that like for a while everything was i was worried when like it's more multiplayer more multiplayer and then like the massive battlefield and mm -hmm. and the the those style of games starting to come out in kind of like a Fortnite style and and having a hundred people in a match seemed to be where things were going and we're but we're starting to finally see more single player story driven games starting to resurface and so i because i'm there with you i'm very little multiplayer and but being able to get some single player content in there is, is really nice to see still yes I definitely agree to that. I was afraid Fortnite was going to kill gaming as we know it. So thank goodness. <laughs> thank goodness that's not the case. I mean, I guess it's still pretty popular, but yeah, I don't hear about it in the media at all like I used to. Yeah, um, I think the uh, popularity on it's waning. So mm. I'm actually surprised, honestly, that that Minecraft still toes the line in the way that it does with young people. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. it's that game's been around for 11 years or something at this point, maybe longer if you yes. consider the, the beta. And I mean, I know it's changed over time and, and has had more things added to it, especially after Microsoft bought it. But yeah, I, I it's as, as fascinating of a game as Minecraft was, I didn't think that it would stick around as long as it has in that prime spot. Like it has. Oh yeah. Um, have you seen it with ray tracing on? Oh my god. It's beautiful. Yes. Really? So yeah, it's well it's kind of the same thing that happened uh with Valheim. Like Valheim's oh. graphics aren't actually like outstanding when you right. get really close to them, but the lighting engine is so powerful that it takes lower resolution kind of style graphics and makes them gorgeous. And yeah, Minecraft with ray tracing is the same thing. It's like it's a whole different game. Everything is different about it. Hmm. Yeah, it looks incredible. I like I almost want to pick it back up. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> do you, I do every now and again. It's yeah. probably once every couple of years I'll go back and fiddle around and, and make a, a wood house and then give up. And every time I say <laughs> I'm going, this is the time that I beat the the Ender Dragon. I'll yep. finally do it. And every time I stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never seen I've never seen the Ender Dragon at all in it. Well, you don't complete anything, so that's not surprising. I actually have a list of completed games, uh, so I beg to It's an open world game, though, yeah. so, you know. Valheim is on my list of completed games. It's an open world. That's I don't impressive. know if you would have completed it if it weren't for the rest of us. See, and now yeah, this is what we deal with, is all of these caveats. <laughs> I just see a list that says completed in Valheim, so. All right, all right. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I, that's, a, that's a genre that, you know, so many of the genres that we have have been around forever. I mean, shooters, like you were talking about, one of the earliest genres, right? Um, mm -hmm. Just recently, I, I made a, a social media post about an episode we did about Dawn of Man, which is, despite being a very prehistoric setting, is kind of a, an evolution on the city builder genre that SimCity started forever ago, right? So yeah, just so many of the genres that we have have been around forever. But the what Minecraft introduced, and then I think Terraria certainly built on but just this ability to kind of um disassemble the the game world itself and then re rebuild it how you see fit how did that like to me that when, when minecraft first came out and i first played it i was like a minecraft evangelist like anyone i knew that played video games i was like you have to try it it doesn't mean mm -hmm. you have to play it forever it has to be your favorite thing but it's so different than anything else like you just have to at least experience it did, did those games hit you that way at all or what was your take on that kind of i don't know what to call it builder <laughs> creative genre um well going back to the super nintendo yes i did own the original sim city and that was one mm. game that i played quite a bit um but flash forwarding back to uh minecraft i actually was playing the beta before you know, Microsoft even bought it. This was when Notch, I believe, you know, was still working on it. Mm -hmm. And, um, oh, yeah, I spent hundreds of hours on that game just in beta building yeah. massive castles. I'd get so mad, though, because I'd build these beautiful buildings. And then at night, the crawlers would come out and just blow it to the reins. <laughs> and I'm just like, what in the heck, man? But, uh, yeah, I would, I would try to, to preach preach Minecraft to everybody I know and be like, hey, you've got to try this game. But I tell you one game that got me even more than than Minecraft was Roller Coaster Tycoon. 
Oh, my oh, gosh. I could spend mm-hmm. hours just trying to create roller coasters, try not to kill my guests that would come right. to the park. Yep. <laughs> try to, like, make it's sure easy that... to kill guests. Yeah, it's very easy. The real challenge is keeping them alive and getting them to pay. Yes, and then just try and keep the park clean enough from all the vomit that just got everywhere. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that game is so just amazing. Don't, don't worry, just plop on an entertainer. It's a guy in a panda costume. Yay! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Be distracted. Don't look at the park. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't really remember playing Roller Coaster Tycoon much. There was some roller co- and it might have been that. There was some roller coaster game they actually had at the school, like an elementary or junior high school or something, where you could design roller coasters. And I kind of remember that, but I, I I primarily remember playing like a theme park, which was okay, yeah, a, a, a sim management game, but you didn't design rides or anything. It was all you know stuff you mm-hmm. buy out of a menu or whatever. Um, but yeah, really really liked those games back in the day. Uh, I haven't I I tried to play. There's now I'm. I'm forgetting what it's called. Back in the day, there was a game called Theme Hospital. And there's a new game that's similar to that that I'm not remembering. Like Is it two, two point. point? Yes. 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 And yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't, I, I old and jaded or something. I don't know. But it just didn't really resonate with me like, like I hoped it would. It didn't tap into that nostalgia hard enough like I hoped it would. Uh, but yeah, inter- interesting, interesting weird little subgenres of games that <laughs> have oh, popped yeah. up throughout time. Yeah, Two Points actually one that I have on the Switch. Uh, the problem with that game, though, is that it doesn't let you customize your hospitals as much. I mean, they, they mm-hmm. give you all of the uh, uh, items or whatever, you know, to, to cure your guests with and stuff, and it, it's really just structured to, like, you make a box building, and then you put the uh, the machines that they give you in it you know and there's really not mm-hmm. much you can do with it so yeah well i mean you know what you spoke to earlier about breath of the wild and how it's just the the ability to solve problems in creative ways i mean that's you know not a video game certainly but brett has talked a lot about dungeons and dragons and of course has the other podcast dungeons and dinners um where he talks about it a lot more but that's the reason that he always cites that he loves D&D so much is because unlike really any video game there's just so much openness in how you approach every circumstance you encounter um and yeah there's just a there's it, it's it's interesting how much value is in it. and that's what I think games like Minecraft and Terraria also did a good job of of really introducing is just like there's a lot of ways you can <laughs> you can skin this cat if you will you know right yeah, I, I've, it's one of those things where it's like it's getting closer. A lot of games are starting to have more a- of those aspects where either if you can see it, you can do it, but they kind of limit what you can see sometimes. So like, but I think that that's a good way of doing it rather than having everything is here and super highly visual. And and it, I, it comes to mind as like uh, like a Cyberpunk 2077 or, 2077 or a Deus Ex where the world is beautiful but you can't enter any of these buildings. You can't go in any of these shops. You can't pick up any of these items, even though they look useful. They're just visual. Um, but then, you know, taking some of those things away and reducing the realism some and stylizing it, but then making it to where everything that is there is something that you can interact with. You can climb the trees. You can use branches as weapons. You can do all of these different things. I think almost makes it more realistic from the immersion side than really high level visuals make it immersive on a visual side. Like, does that make sense? Well, well, like you said, with like Cyberpunk 2077, that was supposed to be like this beautiful next gen game, whatever. And yeah, you can't even like go into hardly any of the buildings. I mean, it's a pretty like... Mm -hmm. I don't want to say it's on rails, but I mean, there's not a lot of freedom to do whatever. So, right. It's a big open world, but there's so many of the things you really just, it's just a shooter. It's, it's got some RPG elements to it and it's got some looter shooter stuff. They, I think a lot of games are also not a lot, but there have been a number of examples of games that have fallen into the try to do everything and, and beat GTA style of game. Yeah. And, I just don't think any and even GTA, it's great that they did that and they have so much in there, but I've not seen a, probably even a tenth of the content that's in GTA. 
yeah. and it, I'm never gonna. <laughs> right. So you don't need that much. It, you can just focus on what you've got and make it good. Like I think Cyberpunk would have been better if they ditched all of the extra loot and half the leveling system, yeah. but just focused on what they were good at. Right. I mean, I guess Cyberpunk, it was based off of like a tabletop, wasn't it? And, you know, going from that being so, I think so yep. Yeah, being so um, creative, like you, basically you created a character and you could do whatever in this world to being to whatever they decided you played as in this video game. It's just right. super disappointing. I mean, I know they're, they're, I guess it's not doing as well now. And I mean, they probably should have spent a little more time on the creative process there. Yeah, it's it's always really disappointing for me, it, especially with like knowing the technology of the day, like in the world that we live in. And anytime there's a character creator where they allow you any any sort of color selection, but they don't just give you a color wheel. They give you like, here's 18 colors. I'm like, I, we have access to like the, the 60 million colors on the palette. Mm -hmm. Or, or like 16 million in hex. I will type in hex codes if I have to. Just let me pick my own colors. Right. Like, or don't give me the option. Mm. Like if there's there's three colors you can have for hair. No. If I want a very specific shade of gray, then let me have that. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree uh, that. I mean, you know, I don't know. If I think back on games that have, have grabbed me over my life, you know, the original Half-Life and Half-Life 2 are both games that really stood out to me. And at the time, they were both pretty high fidelity visually, but mm -hmm. they also did offer, um, at least at the time, what felt like unique ways to play, right? It wasn't just Wolfenstein or Doom, you know, with the original Half-Life. Um, and and then, like, like, the Ninja Gaiden games on original Xbox, um, incredibly linear, at the time, really high fidelity looking, but I really, really love those games. But I think it was in part because it um, it kind of demands it's mechanically very, very demanding and polished. So it's like if a game is going to be linear, then it needs to be really, really buttoned up on a mechanical side in order for it to achieve the level of immersion. That's something that maybe doesn't look as good, but has a lot more freedom of, of choice in, in the way you play. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. That's my take on it. And trying to do both for me is just a recipe for disaster. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's sure. too much to do. Like, until we can model atoms as <laughs> as voxels. <laughs> right. So, Chris, I mean, it's been a, a, an awesome time chatting with you here. The question we always ask any of our guests um, as, as we, we, we interview people is, is the tagline of our show, which is, you know, why gaming matters. Um, there is no right or wrong answer, but, you know, when you hear that that tagline or that question why why does gaming matter to you what is your what is your thought on that i mean that's uh that's a deep subject i mean there's there's a lot of reasons why gaming matters uh to me personally i guess what i would have to say is especially after coming out of this last year and being a college student i mean life is so stressful and just to be there at the end of the day, get immersed into a story that just takes you out of your element and gets you away from all of your problems for a little while. I mean, some people like to party. Some people like to read a book. I like to sit down and I like to play a good video game that just takes my mind off of everything. And so that's why gaming matters to me. Yeah, I want to thank you guys so much for having me on this episode. This was amazing. So thank you guys so much. And again, yeah. congratulations to 100 episodes. That is just incredible. Dude. You guys have done so good. So keep it up, please. Thank you so much for all the support that you've given us and yeah. uh, everything that you've done to help bring other people in to listen to the show. I always, you know, every time we see we launch an episode, I see you retweeting. I see you, you know, commenting. Um, you're one of the more active members in our Discord uh, for people that are may even be, we haven't advertised it in a while, but we do have a Discord out there, so it's always awesome to to be able to share with you and and hang out and talk oh, about yeah. games. Any chance I can get to a you know retweet, uh, can't even talk, retweet and get your name out there, get the the brand awareness going on, just 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 to get you guys out there, so more people can enjoy your content. I mean, if if more people could follow suit, that would be amazing. Just to get you guys recognition and, and get you out there known. So. Yeah, no, it's like Brett said, man, it's super generous and, and we, uh, we're 
definitely humbled by it. So thank you very much for for all the support. Um, and yeah, I I hope we can. You know, I know school ended for you recently, so hopefully we can get together and play a game or something sometime. Uh, no, that would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, hit us up. I mean, you're welcome to hit either of us up. I'm sure, but <laughs> yep. I'll speak for myself. You can hit me up anytime in Discord. Uh, I'm usually doing something random, so no worries. Or, or we're playing Rocket whenever. League. It's either, that's it's true. One of the two. <laughs> that's, that's true. A lot of Rocket League. Game. I hear it's amazing. So, yeah. Oh, dude, it's so Jump good, in. and it's free now. Yeah. Right? Oh, that's yeah. what finally got Brett to play. It so. is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> It was all I wish I would have I would dollars ahead of time. <laughs> well, as a college student, free sounds good to me too. So <laughs> that's right. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks again so much. And uh here's to an, another hundred. Cheers. Exactly. Yeah, man. Bye, guys. Thanks so much. That's all for our episode today. If you liked this episode, consider buying us a cup of coffee at our Ko-Fi page, which is ko-fi.com slash P-U-I-S pod, or just tell a friend about us. It really does make a difference. All of our links and social accounts are available in the show notes. And if you'd like to hear more from either of us outside of gaming, my podcast, The Walk Show, talks about the walk of life while interviewing various guests. And Brett's podcast, Dungeons and Dinners, is where the love of fantasy is food for thought. <laughs>